Hey everyone, welcome to episode 178, Crying It Out. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. So I just got back from the most amazing weekend with Dr. Shafali. She has a once a year event called Evolve. I highly recommend going next year. It's been in California before. It's been in New York before. And this year it was in Georgia, which is an hour and a half flight for me. And people came from all over the world. She did the entire alphabet of people outside the United States. And almost every letter was represented except for like the Q's and the X's. It was crazy. Awesome. There was probably 400 people there. It was unbelievable. I'm going through my notes now. I have an amazing episode about it, which is really going to help you unlock some of places where you feel stuck because it helped me in places I feel stuck and it helped the people around me where they were feeling stuck. And of course, there's going to be lots of analogies, lots of stories, and I can feel a little perfectionistic Kelly coming out and trying to make it perfect. I am going to do it, but as I'm preparing the notes, I'm not quite ready yet. I heard the most amazing TikTok on a strategy that we can use when our kids are, you know, when they're just like in the red zone and they can't get out and they don't even know how to like make a U-turn and like calm down. And we're trying all the strategies. We're trying all the things. A lot of times it's easier to practice these strategies when they're upset about something that has nothing to do with us. Cause when they're upset with us, that's when the ego gets really roared and really flared. So it's good to practice these strategies of seeing what they gravitate towards when they're upset about something else, like a toy or homework or feeling overwhelmed with all that they have to do or their messy room. When it's not directed at us, it's easy to practice these different, different strategies to see which ones they kind of lean towards. So then in the heat of the moment, whether when they are upset with us, which they're going to be completely normal, my kids are upset with me all the time. It doesn't rattle me as much as it used to before because they're growing and they're learning and they're developing. And sometimes they're going to like things that I decide. And sometimes they're not, but we can't be people pleasers with our kids because then we're just turning, we're just making them think that whatever they say goes and the world will bend just because they asked to stay up later and be on electronics versus going to bed on time. So they get enough sleep. So it's okay that they don't always agree with you. We just don't have to get in a battle about it. We just have to allow them to be disappointed. It doesn't mean we're a bad parent. It doesn't mean we're a bad human. It just means they're disappointed in a decision we made. And we've been disappointed before in decisions they've made or people around us have made. And we've lived to tell about it. So feeling disappointment is not going to make anybody crumble into a puddle of mush. So I was listening to TikTok, of course, because that's a great way to go through my notes. And I heard this strategy by a mom named Sugar Bomb Corey. I don't know this person. I This is the only TikTok I've seen of hers, but I thought this idea was so cute and I just had to share it. I thought it'd be a good way to help you with the strategy as I'm preparing notes for, I'll give you a little preview. It's called Toddlers and Tuxedos. 
And I thought, well, mostly men wear tuxedos. So what is something that starts with a T that has to do with females? And I thought, oh, I want to do toddlers and tuxedos. And I want to do toddlers and tiaras. I want to do two separate episodes, but it's about the same topic. So that doesn't make any sense. So it's going to be a little bit longer as far as the title. But I'm just trying to include all the people. Because I know lots of dads listen. I know lots of moms listen. So I want to be making sure that I'm talking to all of the listeners. So Sugar Bomb Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, made this on 10.5. It's really quick. It's short and sweet. Probably work on the younger kids. But I thought it was super cute. I'll let her explain it because she can do it better than I can. My grown-up son was just reminding me today about what I used to do when he was crying, but, like, I needed him to stop crying. Like, kids have to cry, but, like, sometimes you got stuff you got to do, like, they got to stop crying. So I would say, let me look in your mouth and see how many cries you have left. So he would, like, open his mouth, and then I would look. And I'd be like, yeah, it looks like there's, like, four more cries in there. Go ahead and push him out. And he'd go, like, wah, 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 wah. And then, like, if he wasn't totally done, I'd look in there and i like, oh, no, no, no. There was one hiding in there, and he would go, like, wah. And then it was done. So anyway, feel free to use that trick. And I love this because it still allows the child to cry. Because if you've ever been crying and someone tells you to stop crying, does that work? And that you all of a sudden stop crying or they tell you to calm down. That actually enrages you. It enrages me. I know that to calm down. It does the opposite effect. And it's very counterintuitive. But the more we allow our kids to cry, the less they cry, less intensity, less duration. And the goal is not to have them not cry. The goal is to have them have emotional regulation where when they cry, it feels good to release it. And they don't have any shame or pain or anxiety because they are crying. Because a lot of times when we expect our kids not to cry, don't have emotions, don't express yourself, suck it up, be a man, act like a big girl. All those terms that we say to kids, sometimes it backfires and then they're walking around telling themselves, I can't cry. I can't cry. cry, And they're trying to hold it in. And I don't know about you, but holding in tears makes them come out even harder. It's like holding in a laugh. It's like holding in a burp. It's like holding in anything. The more we hold it in, the more pressure and tension that builds up. The comments were so fun because they were a lot of good ideas too, that worked with their kids, just cute little fun and whimsical ways of allowing the kids to cry And not being so rattled by it. Because when we freak out that they're freaking out, that makes them freak out even more. Remember the flight attendant analogy? And Stephanie says, at bedtime, I told my daughter that we were going to take the cries and put them on the table. And the next morning, she could use them again if she needed. That's so good because you're not shaming them for crying. You're allowing them to cry. They're not supposed to be able to regulate their emotions yet. They look to us to be able to regulate their emotions. Maddie Bird says, my parents would say, I see a smile creeping up your leg. Now it's in your tummy. It's on your arm. Uh Oh, it's coming up your face. And it worked every time. For some reason, my sisters and I, when we were trying to calm each other down, we'd say, so, so silly, but it worked. I see that smile, smile, smile coming up the road, road, road. I see it coming, coming, coming. I see it coming. And then by the time we got even to the end, they're already smirking. Oh, my darling 42 says, this is really cute. My mom used to pull bad dreams out of my forehead. Isn't that cute? The kids are really upset. You can like kind of look in their ear and see, oh, I I see what your brain's saying. Your brain's really upset right now. And I can see some fire in your ears or fire in your brain. And it's not a way to like shame them. It's a way to kind of change their mind and help them get out of the red zone. Now there's a few that I'm like, I don't know about this. My son's ears turn red when he... Fibs, I told him it's because I'm a witch and I can put a spell on him. 
Now, that's probably crossing the line a little bit. We don't want to freak our kids out. We want to do it in a fun and whimsical way, not terrify them and give them bad dreams. My friend's brother, this is probably another non-example. My friend's brother convinced her, you are born with a certain amount of tears. Don't waste them or you won't be able to cry when mom and dad die. <gasps> that is like dark. Patria Power says, when I was a nanny, I convinced kids I had magic kisses when they would fall. I'd kiss the owie and they'd immediately stop crying. Kids believe in that. I remember my kids were really nervous for kindergarten. So I told them they had, I told them we were going to go buy power shoes. And these power shoes were filled with things like bravery and courage and confidence. And as soon as you put them on, they made you feel magical. Adam's wit says, I count how many sugar bugs are in each side of my son's mouth. And then we have to defeat them. I think she's talking about with brushing teeth, but think about when they're crying, their mouths are wide open. So you could tell a story about something that you see inside their mouth. Or Roush says, well, there's we say there's no, no reason to laugh or smile at any time in this house. We definitely don't do that. So a little re reverse psychology, Grady calls it reverse biology. It's like, mom, I know you're using re reverse biology on me. And every time I say it the right way, I have to think about, because we say reverse biology now in our family. It's kind of like David worked with a guy. I think I told you this before. And he's like, you guys, it's not rocket surgery, <laughs> meaning rocket science and brain surgery. And he mixed them up and he was dead serious. And so now we say that in our family, we say the wrong way. And so when I have to say it the right way, it makes me literally think harder. Someone says, please give me more mom, cute, more cute mom advice. And then she says this. I got a quick one for you. When that um, same son was about three, we used to walk up to his uh, preschool and we went through this big field and there was all these grasshoppers and they would always fly in his face. And he became seriously afraid of the grasshoppers to the point that like he didn't want to go to school anymore. And so anyway, one day as we were walking, I found this like big fat grasshopper that was just kind of chilling on a rock. So I was like, Lane, I think this is like the grand wizard grasshopper. And he's like, whoa. And I was like, let's, let's talk to him. And so I kind of leaned down and I said, Hey, grandpa grasshopper, you know, Lane is really freaked out by you guys like flying in his face all the time. And then I was like, Lane, he's saying something. And I leaned in and I was like, Oh, Lane, he says, he's so sorry, but the grasshoppers can't see very good. They're not trying to fly at you. They just can't really see. And it was good enough for him. So just try adding a little, uh, whimsy into the parenting stuff. It works. Yes. I cannot stress that enough. Once we get out of our story that our child is bad, disrespectful, ADD, rude, not listening, defiant, oppositional, defiant, all these labels we want to put on and all these stories we want to put on him or her. Once we let go of those stories, then we can get super creative and be more whimsical and be more magical and kind of meet them on their level and bring out the child in us versus always trying to bring the adult out in them because they're not born as adults. And so they have to learn these skills. And I think we all get tricked into thinking they should know these skills. So that's a fun and light way of handling when they're upset. Again, the goal is not to make it go away. The goal is to reduce the shame and fear of them doing it. Now, a little bit more serious side, this kind of says it in a more serious level. It's Gabor Mate, G-A-B-O-R-M-A-T-E, but he has an accent, so it's probably like Gabor Mate. Mastin Kit posted this, and it's really powerful. It is a deeper version of what we're talking about, and he says it way better than I can. Children have no self-regulation. So if you're stressed as an adult, 
if you're mature enough, you can regulate yourself. You can take a few breaths. You can calm yourself down. You can say, okay, slow down. Let me think about this. Let me deal with this. An infant can't do that. Infants got no self-regulation whatsoever. The infant's brain requires the mature function of the adult's brain to regulate it. But what if the adult's brain is not functioning maturely because that adult themselves never got the right conditions for the healthy development? Now you have an immature adult's brain regulating or trying to regulate an immature infant's brain. So that self-regulation never develops. Isn't that powerful? Just like our kids don't come out of the womb knowing how to walk and talk, do math, play sports. I'm watching the development of Grady playing the trombone. And he probably started maybe six weeks ago. And I'm telling you, we don't have a musical bone in any of our bodies. He has nothing in his DNA that has musical inclined in his DNA. When he got that trombone home the first day that we rented from the school, he didn't know how to hold it. He didn't know how to even make it make noise because you have to do this weird thing with your lips and he has Invisalign. So that was messing up his pucker, I guess you call it. And to go from that and every single day, he has to practice 15 minutes a day, 90 minutes a week at least. And now I hear actual songs like Row, Row, Row Your Boat and Mary Had a Little Lamb and Hot Crust Buns. I'm hearing these songs and he says he knows 39 melodies by now. That is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs crazy. But just like Grady didn't know how to play the trombone, he's watching YouTubes. He has an amazing teacher. He's practicing. We are encouraging him. We cannot help him at all, but we're just like, wow, Grady, way to go. We're sending videos to the grandparents. We're sending videos to the aunts and uncles and the friends to kind of encourage him. They're like, you're doing great. Then they're giving him feedback. So watching that process happen is the same way we have to help our kids with their emotions. We have to be able to regulate our emotions first to help them when they are in emotional dysregulation. Just like they don't know how to do all the things I just mentioned, they don't know how to regulate their emotions and they're not supposed to. Even if they had the most peaceful, most emotionally regulated parent on the planet, they still don't know how to do it. But through time, through practice, through a little bit every single day, all of a sudden you have a kid who's saying, I'm feeling very frustrated. They're using their words instead of throwing things and punching things and screaming their head off. They're using their words. They're having strategies. We're being fun and whimsical. We're not pushing that away and not allowing them to feel their feelings. We have to get comfortable seeing them uncomfortable and knowing that's part of the human experience. And the more we allow it, the less it happens, the less intensity, less frequency, and less duration. But it's always going to happen. The goal is not to make it go away. The goal is to embrace the imperfections. The goal is to allow it and you'll find that when you allow it, you'll have much more harmony in the home because you won't be so rattled and triggered and upset by it. You'll know that this is a child having a hard time versus giving you a hard time. And then you are equipped with strategies to help him or her, which allows them to have strategies to help themselves over time. And in that, you'll have more harmony in the home. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com and if you really wanna fill up my love cup, 
send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.